When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon, everybody. Grant Napier on Listen Up. How the heck are you today? We talk some NBA playoffs. We talk about anything else going on in the world of sports. Uh, the Kings still searching for a head coach. No announcement as of yet. And if you're a regular, all you need to do to come on and ask a question and we can have some banter back and forth is hit that hand icon and then uh, I'll put you right up with me and we can have some fun. So we'll do that today on this Thursday edition of Listen Up. All right. So Dylan Brooks suspended for game three, and I believe he should be suspended for the rest of the series, but he will be suspended at least for game three. And the dirty foul on Gary Payton. So again, no Brooks in game three as the series shifts back to San Francisco uh, for games three and four. Boy, how about the Phoenix Suns? How about Chris Paul? Could this be the year for Chris Paul? You almost get the feeling if it's not this year, it's never going to happen for Paul. You really do get the, you, you just get the feeling that everything is lining up for Paul, I mean, how good has he been? And now Phoenix is up two games to love going back to Dallas uh, for games three and four. And barring injury, with how good Booker looks, with how good, good Aiton, without, you know, with how good Paul looks, it's hard for me to imagine Dallas winning four of five games at this juncture. I just think Phoenix uh, is playing just too good. All right. Philadelphia is done. Embiid is out for game three. Harden, I mean, they're going to get swept, or at least they'll lose in five. And then, of course, Boston and Milwaukee uh, is the intriguing series uh, in the East. But, you know, you look at this Memphis-Golden State series, now a best of five, no Brooks for game three, no Peyton for the rest of the series. Be interesting to see whether Memphis can go on the road uh, and win a game. If not, I could see them losing in five games. I, I could see that happening if they're not able to go and win a game uh, on the road. So I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. You got the Kentucky Derby coming up on Saturday, if you care about that. I wouldn't be able to talk on it other than the fact that I watch it, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to give you a lot of knowledge on the Derby. You know, uh, I couldn't name you one horse running in the Derby on Saturday. Could you? You follow the Derby? You got some coin on it? You got a little dollar? Make a little bet? What do you think? Right? What do you think? So uh, hit me up if you want to talk about that as well. And, of course, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, which uh, I've been watching. Love watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. Love it. I just It's really my favorite uh, time of the year. All right? Favorite time of the year. A uh, little golf going on as well. The weather has started to get a lot nicer. Have you been out hitting the links uh, since I've been out in California? I've had the chance to get out and hit the uh, little white ball a little bit. Some people use an orange ball. The guy I was playing with yesterday was using a green golf ball. I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I just had the white golf balls. And, my, I, and the other guy was using a, a red golf ball. thought it was like Christmas or something for crying out loud. Got a green ball, an orange ball, a red ball, you know, the white ball. I guess it's easier to tell – which ball is which if you, you know, you're on the green and everything. So that does make it a little bit easier. But, you know, for a minute, I thought we were playing miniature golf. Everyone had a different color ball. It's amazing. Have you walked into a golf pro shop lately? I was at Hagen Oaks the other day. They have the best golf store I've ever been in. 
and they win awards annually for it and rightfully so all right and have you tried to buy golf balls lately huh seriously walk in to a any golf shop and look at the different golf balls i mean seriously if that's not the most damn confusing thing in the world I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. I mean, you go to Hagen Oaks, they got a, almost an entire room full of just nothing but different types of golf balls. Right? How do you know what to buy? Seriously. It's it, it's unbelievable to me. Go go into a golf shop and look at all the different types of golf balls. It is uh, unbelievable. It really is. All right, let's get started with some phone calls. And we get to uh, Al. Al, good afternoon. How are you today, sir? Nick, you know I'm a blue ball guy. I'm a blue ball guy. All right. But because, because unless unless they run out of blue at Scandia, then I had to go get like a whatever's available, green All or right. orange. All right. There you go. All right. You know, I always, I'm not a golfer, but it seems to me that the equipment is so specialized. Don't you go in and get, isn't it like, scientific where they go in yes. and measure your swing and your it's all yes. computerized it is if you get fitted correctly uh yes you go into uh you know at hagen oaks they have their player performance studio and it's all done yeah. on a machine and it tells you the spin rate the launch angle it yeah. tells you how fast your club's uh head speed is when you hit the ball it tells <laughs> you everything and, and based on those numbers they can fit you perfectly uh, to golf clubs that are tailor-made just for you and your swing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It really is. Yeah, you ever been out to the, one of those top golf places? I, I always yeah. wondered what the – what great. do you do? Is it like you're hitting an actual ball, right? Is it measuring yeah, yeah, your yeah, – Yeah, You know what it is? It's the equivalent of bowling except for your golfing. You're out there with friends. You each take a turn. You hit targets. Um, yeah, you hit a regular golf ball. Uh, they supply golf clubs, or you can bring your own clubs. It's a blast. And, you know, top golfs are all over the country now. I see them everywhere. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a really it's 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 basically like the, it's a it's a it's like bowling, except for instead of bowling, you're golfing. And are you scoring points like you got like yeah. the closest ball or something? You're scoring points. You know, I, there's one up 65 and you're familiar with Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, I've, going been up to one, I've been to that several times. You can there are different types of games you can play. So you can okay. play a, a, a few different types of games. It's a lot of fun. I. I enjoy it. It's a it's a blast. It really I remember, is. I remember when they were building it, and these huge nets. I'm going to myself. What the heck are they making? You know, these huge nets are going up all around the place. I uh, I uh, thanks for that. I'm going to try that out. That'd be fun. I didn't get a chance to listen to your you and Sean the whole way, so I had to go back and catch the recording. But I love uh, the information when you guys uh, meet and talk. Man, he was talking about the draft and. And you guys are talking about this year's quarterback class. I mean, it's kind of, for me, I don't follow the college game, but it seems strange. Like, you know, Burrow's class with Herbert and Burrow, you got one year, yeah. you got all these quarterbacks come out, and the next year, not so much. Is that is, is that kind of uncommon? I mean, yeah, this year was very what? uncommon. This year, this year was very, very uncommon. Next year, the quarterback class is supposed to be very good again. But yeah, it is very unusual. This year was a very atypical year for quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Yeah, and Phoenix, man, Phoenix, I, I think you're right, man. I, I personally think it's Phoenix in the five now. I think, you know, they look too good. What's the deal with Chris Paul, if you don't mind my asking? I mean, is he, like, unpopular, or can you speak to that? I mean, because – No, I wouldn't say like – uh, you know, I wouldn't say he's unpopular. Uh, he's been on good teams for most of his career yeah. and has never really been able to get over the hump. And, and win a championship last year, obviously, was the closest that he had become. Uh, right. That, that, it, that it happened, you know, when he was with the Clippers, he played with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan in their prime, and they could right. never make it out of the second round. He's always been looked upon in terms of postseason success as an underachiever. But right. I, don't, I don't know if anybody's playing better than he is right now in the playoffs. The guy's been unbelievable. You know, I hear you. You know, there's, there's a lot of players that have had that. And sometimes you almost, like I've, you've spoken to this, you're really happy to see a certain guy, you know, finally get some success. Like, I'm not a Dallas fan, but I, I was cap happy to see Dirk Nowinski get a get a championship, you know, even though yep. I'm 
never pull for a Dallas team anywhere, but I was kind of happy to see Dirk get a get a get I was a ring. too. Class and, act, uh, class act, great great guy. Uh, just I can't say enough great things about Dirk Nowitzki as a person. And I was thinking about you talking to Krug the other day. You know, here's my take on this. You guys were talking about a Steve Kerr and if he might step down at the Warriors win a championship. Then this discussion kind of ranged towards, you know, he's, he's, he's coaching a lot of talent. And I've always felt like, in a, in a way, I think a, you got a team that's loaded with talent, and in this day and age especially, loaded with egos. I think in a way that, that doesn't, that's kind of unfair to say that, oh, yeah, anybody could win. You know, you or I could coach that team, like with Phil Jackson with the, with the Bulls. I think that's kind of unfair myself. Yeah, but, you, what do you think? but you know because what? Really, well, yes. Yes, but I would say this. Here's the difference. The Warriors don't have any egos. And when I mean that, Steph Curry doesn't have an ego. Klay Thompson doesn't have an ego. They're atypical superstars, where they don't run to the locker room right. and look at the uh, box score. Um, they they are kind of a throwback. Uh, right. They just they aren't like that. And so that has made Steve Kerr's job as a head coach a lot easier. I'm not saying easy. I'm just saying easier. Absolutely, but but like for Phil Jackson, I don't think it's fair to say Phil had talented teams, great players, because you know team makes it to the championship, they've got to have good players, and not every coach has had great players. I think Phil's a great was a great coach. He didn't get the, the his just due well, because he had a lot of good players, but you know I don't think it, you know he's he's better than what people would give him credit for. I think. Well, he's. He had arguably the greatest player in the history of the game in Michael Jordan when he won his six championships there. He had right. two of the greatest players of their generation when he was with the Lakers and Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, he set himself up pretty good to have great success based on the Hall of Fame players that were on his roster. So, you know, he 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 was in the right place at the right time. Yes, he did a good job. Yes, he was the coach. Yes. You know, what is it? Ten championships that he's won as a mm -hmm. coach. I mean, that's pretty damn special. It is. Well, anyway, I just wanted to give you a call, the Daily Call. Uh, thanks for uh, – I've got to go listen to uh, No Filter. I, I missed the beginning, yep. so I'm glad that you and Sean got back together. You guys are the best. So you take Thank care, you. man. Have, and I'm going to go try that top golf. I'm going to – they got nets yep. around there, so they'll be safe when I'll start swinging the club. <laughs> right, you know? you'll make, good, they, the safest place normally behind me whenever I've called is behind me. And even then, you're in trouble. I'll be behind you, buddy. You take care. See you. All right, man. Good stuff. Yeah, Top Golf is fun. Uh, it really is. You know, you talk about Sean Salisbury and like the fascinating people that I've had a chance to work with in this business, even arena football, like doing arena football with Keena Turner, you know, the former great linebacker of the 49ers when they were winning Super Bowls. Just one of the nicest human beings on the planet. Working with Jack Youngblood when I did the gold miner games for two years. Again, and I did radio with Jack. Top shelf. I mean, the top, top, top of the mountain. You know, working with George Atkinson for many years. And I used to love George. And we used to just laugh. George is funny as all hell. And we would just be out laughing all the time. Like, George had a laugh. And when he laughed, you would laugh because he just would uh, just great. I worked with Jack Tatum, you know, the late Jack Tatum uh, for a couple of games. You know, I was thinking about that, and, you know, getting a chance to do a show with Sean Salisbury and some of the other, you know, I worked with Bill Walton for a couple of years, you know, doing games with Bill Walton. I mean, again, I'm, I'm blessed, blessed. Did games with Jim Plunkett. I did the Raiders for five years. Did the games with Jim Plunkett, right? Two Super Bowls. Phenomenal person. You know, I always talk about, I, I haven't talked about whether they were good on the air or not. I'm just talking about them as people. I'm blessed. I've been with some great people, great people over my career. You know, I talked with Sean today about working at ESPN and being in the radio studio and being on the air with maybe Tony Bruno or, John Clayton, you know, John and I did shows often together on Saturdays during the football season. And, you know, all of a sudden Tom Jackson would come in for an interview and he would do 15 minutes with you or Chris Berman 
would come in and sit in the studio with you and you'd do 15 minutes on a Sunday night on ESPN game night, which I did from seven in the evening until one in the morning. Or Chris Mortensen would come in and you do a segment with Mort. You think about all of those and they're still there. It's unbelievable, right? Chris Berman, Chris Mortensen. I mean, think about Tom Jackson. You think about all of those guests that we just were working with and hanging out with on the weekends in Bristol at ESPN. I worked with Dennis Eckersley. Dennis Eckersley and I were watching the Yankees-Padres World Series games together, and then we would go on the radio, me and Eck. I mean, Dennis Eckersley, thinking, wow, one of the great relief pitchers of all time. And we would be watching a game, and he would be giving me amazing insight on what pitch was going to be thrown and how he would throw to this guy. And, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was sitting in the studio in 1998 with Dennis Eckersley watching the Yankees and the Padres in the World Series. You know, I mean, I've been pretty lucky. I I really have. I've been around some tremendous people in this business that I've worked with on radio, that I've worked with on television, both local and national. And, you know, when I hear Al, you know, talk about Sean, man, it was great. I love, I love Sean. What a great, just a, what a top shelf guy. Ryan, you're on with Grant. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? What's up, Grant? How you doing? Good. Thank you. So uh, you're talking about the legends. Uh, tell us a little bit, or can you give us one of your one or two best stories about working with uh, the G-Man and Jerry Reynolds? Oh, wow. I mean, gosh, there are just so many stories. Well, I'll give you one story about Jerry Reynolds. So we were in Memphis and we're playing the Grizzlies and we were staying at a hotel called the Peabody Hotel. And the Peabody Hotel is like an institution in Memphis. And at the uh, in the lobby, they have a very fine men's clothing store. I think it's called Lansky Brothers. Okay, so anyway, uh, Jerry. Forgot to pack his dress pants (laughs) for the trip. So Jerry ended up going to Lansky Brothers. Again, very fine men's clothing. Now, if you know anything about Jerry, Jerry's entire wardrobe back then was about three to $400, okay? He had to pay $300 for his pair of gray dress pants that they tailored for him while he waited at Lansky Brothers, and he wears it to the game that night. And so we're talking, we're, we're laughing, and Jerry's like, hey, let me tell you something. You know, I brought up the story and he, he told, I go, and, and Jerry goes, let me tell you something. He goes, these are not only my dress pants. These are now my pajamas and my workout clothes. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> Jerry never spent that much money. And then I said to Jerry, I go, um, Jerry, why did you go out and buy a pair of dress pants for? He's like, we're on TV. I go, Jerry, has anyone ever shot you on TV from the waist down before? I go, you, you could have wore your jeans <laughs> to the game. And he's like, he looks at me and he goes, man, I might just return these after the game, you know? And I'm like, Jerry, you should have worn your jeans to the game. Hey, Hot Rod Hunley, the great legendary late announcer for the Jazz, always, always, always wore jeans and cowboy boots. I never saw Hot Rod Hunley wear anything other than boots and jeans every game he did. Of course, he had a sport coat on with a shirt and a tie. But I said, Jerry, what the hell? No one's looking. No one's going to see your pants. What difference does it make? But um, that was fun. You know, I mean, Gary, Gerald, and I, I mean, a lot of people don't realize this. Gary did color for me for a period of time when I was doing the games on radio back in the mid-90s. When the games weren't on TV, Gary would sit in with me. And then when I was doing TV and the games weren't on TV because they were on national TV or whatever, I would sit in with Gary and do color with Gary. So we were kind of interchangeable that way. I mean, G-Man and I have had just most of our great memories have come on the airplane or at a restaurant or on the team bus. Um, I mean, I don't know. We, I've always considered Gary Gerald as part of my family. I've always considered Jerry Reynolds as part of my family. I had lunch with Jerry today again. You know, we had lunch again last week. 
and had lunch. And not to brag, but I'll just give you the impact of a Jerry Reynolds. And I'll include myself in here, even though I don't like to talk about myself. So last week, I had lunch with Jerry Reynolds. And I put a picture of Jerry and I on my Twitter page, right? And I showed Jerry today because he couldn't believe it. In a week, all right, there have been 79,000 mentions on the Twitter picture that I put out with me and Jerry. 79,000 people have checked out that photo of Jerry and I. And a lot of people made comments, but I was just thinking the impact that Jerry made on this community from moving from Kansas City with the team in 85 to become an institution in Sacramento, a household name, a legendary figure. And think about that. All I did was put a picture of Jerry and I at lunch and there's nearly 79,000 people that checked it out. That just is amazing to me. It really is. Yeah, I know that is amazing, but I would say don't sell yourself short. You're, I'm not saying you're you know, up there all the way with them, but you're a big reason for that too. So don't forget that. Well, I know you don't like talking. You know, much, I, so. I appreciate that. I, I didn't bring that up to talk about me, but I will just say this. Um, I came back to Sacramento two weeks ago and I was with a very, very good friend last night and we went to a restaurant in Folsom and we had made a stop uh, at a place called the town center in El Dorado Hills. We walked into this store and there was a man there that was working in the store who was saying, Oh my gosh, Grant, it's so great to see you. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, Hey, thank you very much. He goes, I can't wait. I really hope you move back here someday. And I go, Hey, I really appreciate that. I may, I said, you know, I'm, 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 you never know, but that could very well happen. Then we went out to dinner and over the span of our dinner, I had three different people come up to the table and voice their support and say uh, nice things. And, you know, we always, I, I just, every time I come back to this community, it makes me realize like how special, and I always tell people this, I lived in Sacramento for 33 years. Okay. That's more than half my life. So when people ask me, even today, wherever I'm at, if somebody goes, if I don't know them and they meet me and you know, if I'm out switching planes at an airport in Denver or Chicago or whatever, and we get talking, they go, where are you from? I go, I'm from Sacramento. I don't say I'm from New York. I don't say I'm from Florida. I say I'm from New York. I don't I say I'm from Sacramento because I only lived in New York for 18 years. Yeah, New York, I mean, yeah, it's special. I was born there. I was raised there. But when people go, where are you from? I go, I'm from Sacramento. I lived here for 33 years. I consider this home. And I got to tell you, Ryan, like the people in this community are so supportive to me, so unbelievable to me. And I haven't worked here in two years. And yet you would have thought that I was on TV last night announcing a game or whatever. I just, I'll never, no matter what happens the rest of my life, no matter what happens in my career, I will never, ever stop loving all of the fans and all of the people in this community over the years. Never. It's like a, it's like next to my family, it's the biggest part of my life. It really is. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's people of all ages on this cast now, but um, you were the voice of our childhood outside of, you know, driving in the car and listening to the G-Man. But um, yep. I'm going to put you in a corner real quick. Uh, you yep. broadcasted with some really big legends. If you could broadcast with anyone outside of those, who would it be? Jerry Reynolds would be the first guy I would choose to do a game with. Um, Jerry, are you talking about not not one of the voices that I named? Someone else other than I mentioned? Correct. Is that what you yeah. said? No, oh, you've, you've been with oh, legends. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, who, who uh, would it be uh, outside uh, of the people you've been with? Charles Davis. I would love to do an NFL game with Charles Davis. I've known Charles for, gosh, I don't know, over 15 years. And Charles and I have developed a very nice bond and friendship. Uh, he lives in Orlando. He is the analyst with Iron Eagle on CBS. And Charles reaches out to me periodically and he'll just say, hey, I'm checking up on you. How are you doing? Uh, just want to make sure you're okay. You're going to be good. You know, you, you didn't, you know, you didn't, you know, he's just been unbelievable to me. And, you know, again, I hate to say this because I don't like putting people in categories, but um, he's, he's black and he has had my back from day one. He has supported me from day one. He knows who I am. 
He knows about my background. He knows how I was raised. He knows what I believe in. And he didn't desert me. He put his arm around me and said, I got you. And you don't forget people that put their arm around you in times of need and adversity and say, I've got you. And I cannot even begin to tell you what that means to me to have a friend like Charles Davis. So first of all, he's a great human being. Second of all, he's a tremendous analyst. So I would love to do a game with Charles Davis. Very cool. Yeah, no, he's great at what he does. And you did a great job with the uh, Oakland Raiders preseason games too. Yeah, I love doing so. that. I did that for five years. It was great. I, I love doing football. I really do. I miss doing football. I wish I could do football again. Um, but, you know, you, can, you, you, you think, you, you know, when you, uh, how old are you, Ryan? I am 37. Okay. So you'll find this out later in life. As you get older, your perspective on things change. And when you're 37, you think you're going to live forever. And you, you look at things completely different than for someone like myself where, when, I, when you were in your 60s. And I'm, I'm generalizing here because we're all different. But when you get older, you realize what's truly important in life. And you realize the importance of helping out other people. And you realize as you go through life, if you hit adversity, like I've hit adversity, you realize who your real friends in life are. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this in the car the other day. I was thinking about my podcast that I've done with Doug Adler, who got fired at ESPN for no reason at all for his remark when Venus Williams was playing at the uh, Australian Open. I was thinking about my podcast with Sean Salisbury. I was thinking about some of my other podcasts with people that have faced adversity. Larry Kruger was on my podcast the other day and he was talking about this. And they all have one thing in common. They've all said something to me. Tom Brenneman said the same thing to me when he was on my podcast. And I didn't ask him this question. They brought it up to me. They said, you know, the one thing about this experience is I know who my real friends in life are. And I'm like, and I was just thinking about this the other day. All of the common theme from the people that I've had on my podcast that have hit adversity, Doug Adler, Tom Brenneman, Sean Salisbury, Larry Kruger, and there have been others. They all have said the same exact thing. When you go through adversity, when you hit rock bottom, you find out in a hurry who your true friends in life are. And then you also find out who are friends of yours that are supporting you, but you don't even know them. You don't even know them. You don't even know their name. You don't even know where they live. And then as you go through this, you meet somebody or you meet people and they go, oh, wow, I know about you. Or they say, oh, I've watched you for 30 years. I've been a fan of yours. It's so great to meet you. And then they lead you down this path that you never thought you would be on and takes you into a whole different area of your life. It's fascinating. But as you get older, you truly realize who your friends in life are and who aren't. And I said this when I lost my job. I said this on my one of my very first podcasts, MLK. Okay. In the end, we will not remember the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And I have that memorized. And I think about that often. In the end, we will not remember the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And you have people in your life, and you'll find this out, who you think are your friends, who you thought were your friends, and then you find out, mm -mm, no, no, they really weren't my friends. They were in it for all the wrong reasons. And so when you go through this period of time in your life, you know, it's almost like you're, you've had a filter, and you're filtering out all of the people that were in your life, and you realize, nah, they really... They weren't my friends. They were just hanging on or whatever. And now you push them aside. And then you have your nucleus of people that you can count on, that know that they have your back and that they genuinely 100% care about you and not getting tickets to a game or not hanging around you because you know this person or you're friends with that person. They're friends of yours because they're friends of yours because they believe in you and they genuinely 100% support you through thick and thin. And so, you know, for that, 
I would say the same thing. I now know who my true friends in life are. And then along the way, you meet people that have known you that reach out and they open up a whole new horizon for you and you jump through the hoop and all of a sudden you're like, wow, it just changes your, your perspective on things in a hurry. So I hope you don't ever hit rock bottom, but if you do, you'll know what I'm talking about. So, and I'm not going to talk about myself, but that was such incredible insight, especially with the situation that I'm dealing with, leaving a business. Um, so thank you, Grant. I'm so glad that you shared that. That was absolutely amazing. And I don't want to take any time from anybody else, but I hope you have a great rest of the day. And thanks for uh, taking a little time for me. Thank you. And if you ever want to share anything, you will have an open platform any day. All right. You take care. I really enjoy when you call the show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Grant. Talk to you soon. Take care. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. That is so true, what I just said. And he's 37. And I wish... I well, I you know, I probably did have someone tell me this when I was in my 30s. But when you're in your 30s, and again, I'm generalizing, you, you don't really think about, well, gee, you know, my life's almost over. You don't, you know, and, you know, today is not guaranteed to anyone. You know what I'm saying? If you live a full life, you know, when you're in your 30s, you're not thinking about that. And I think as you get older, you know, you realize, wow, you're not going to live forever. And you put things in different perspective. And it's just, it's, um, it's it's life, I guess, is the best way to say it. It's life. And we all go through different stages in life and you have different perspectives when you're, you know, 15 <laughs> as compared to 35 and 55. I get that. It's called life. It's all good. You know, that's that's what makes life so worth living. All the different experiences that you have, both good uh, and bad. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App on this Thursday. Grant Napier with you. I hope that you are doing well. And in a moment, we'll check in with Richard and we'll hear what he has to say. Uh, and we say hello to Richard. Hey, Richard, uh, go ahead, Richard. Put your mic on and we'll do this. Richard from Thailand, not from Thailand, but the big Thailand Phuket traveler, has more problems getting on this app than any human being on the face of the planet. Don't you, Richard? Richard, you know, I love talking to you. Are you there, Richard? All right. Richard's not there. Richard, I'm putting you back in the audience. I don't know. have any idea, Richard, what is wrong with your device. It's unbelievable, Richard. I mean, I want to talk to you, Richard. I really do. I want to find out what's going on on San Diego. I want to know, like, you know, when you're going back to Phuket, you know, like when you're going back to Thailand, maybe I'll meet you there. You know, I'll meet you in Phuket. We'll do a day trip with everyone. We'll go to uh, PP Island. You know, we'll have a good old time. But I can't even get you on the app. You know, your green light goes on, you're not there, then it's off, then it's on. I say, hey, Richard, how are you? And you're not there. Come on, Richard. 
Come on, Richard. Unbelievable. I think I got to buy Richard like a new phone or something or a new. Got to buy him something that's new. All right. We'll try it one more time on this Thursday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Richard, are you there, Richard? Oh, there you go, Richard. What's going on? Now, all right. Oh, you know what? Here's, here's what I just realized. Here's what I just realized. Richard is really not somebody that lives in San Diego or was in Phuket. No, Richard is on the International Space Station and he is orbiting the Earth every 90 minutes. And what happens is Richard is calling when he's on the other side of the Earth. See, where Richard is right now, it's completely dark. He's halfway around the world on the International Space Station. So I can't talk to him. I've just figured it out. Richard is an astronaut. That's what the hell he is. That's why I can't get a hold of him. Unbelievable. All right. If you want to get in on the program today, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll do it. Do you know that the International Space Station goes around the Earth every 90 minutes? Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Every 90 minutes. What did I read? It goes like five miles a second. Think about that for a minute. Orbits the Earth every 90 minutes. So if I wait a couple of minutes for Richard to enter daylight, I'd be a little closer to where I'm at. Maybe I can have a conversation with him. Because while I've been talking about this, Richard has probably gone several thousand miles. So let's see if he's in a better space right now. And if he's not, then I can say at least I tried. Richard, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, wow, Richard, thank goodness. How are you, my friend? Hey, I had to plug into, I had, I was in, I'm in my truck and I had my jobber on, but now I'm plugged into my auxiliary on my okay. phone. So we got a good connection, right? We have a great connection. All right, it's much, perfect. What can I do for perfect. you, sir? Awesome. No, you were talking about the legends. And of course, we have a big legend here in San Diego who you know who I'm talking about because uh, you were just mentioning his name just a few minutes ago, Bill Walton, right? Yep. Yep. Well, too good to be true. I lost Richard. That's okay. Um, Bill is a legend from San Diego. Right now, he's probably on his bicycle somewhere because the guy just rides and rides his bike uh everywhere you know richard i'm going to try you one more time and then i got to move on as much as i love talking to you all right this well helps. all right you, go ahead you got me well i just got yeah. done running 30 riding 30 miles i'm getting ready for the rosarita and sonata ride this weekend good for you yeah it's a 50 mile ride and i got i got 30 years on your previous guest so i just turned 67 on monday so happy birthday thank you thank you but I ran into Bill Walton at the Belly Up in Solano Beach a few years back. Yep. And I walked up to him. I said, did you know you're blocking all those people's view behind you there? <laughs> it was kind of in between shows. It was Moon Alice, and then the main show was, was uh -huh. uh, Marshall Tucker Band, right? Oh, wow. I love Marshall Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I actually had a tambourine that Doug Gray, the lead singer, Marshall Tucker, threw me about 28 years ago. And I brought it to the show, and he autographed it for me 28 years later. How about that? Can't you can't you see is one of my favorite songs yeah, ever. Yeah, that's what that's what I was singing along with him in the crowd, and he looked down at me. He says, "That's what I'm talking about." At the end of the song, he threw me his tambourine. <laughs> Twenty eight years awesome. later, he autographed it for me, and so did Bill Walton. <laughs> that's unfreaking yeah. believable. Yeah, yeah. So it was a great experience, and uh, Bill and I were talking about the commonality that we had was we both covered Bill Cartwright at different points oh, in wow. our life. How about I covered that? Bill Cart I covered Bill Cartwright in high school when I was six five and he was six ten and a half as a sophomore at Elk Grove High School. Yep. Good old Bill. And Love he, Bill. He's the first guy that made me feel short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can understand. But great stuff. But I read into Bill Walton periodically and he did the first annual Padres Grateful Dead a couple of years ago here in San Diego, and it was phenomenal. So he's a big man in the community, he does a lot of good fundraisers. I've done two of his. Well, I just lost you again, so I'll put you back. But here, if you run into uh, Bill, uh, Richard, uh, make sure you give him my best. Good hearing from you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Marshall Tucker Band, Can't You See? What a great song that is. All right, if you want to come on the show today, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, 
uh, and we will do it right here on Listen App. Uh, tomorrow, I will be with you at three o'clock. All right. So three o'clock tomorrow. I believe that will be the time. You can just follow uh, right here on the Listen App app or on my Twitter page at Grant Napier Show. But I believe tomorrow uh, we'll come at you uh, at three o'clock. I think that will get it done. If it's not three, it will be four. It definitely won't be five. It will either be three or four. But I'm thinking three o'clock. All right. So we'll see. I'll keep you posted right here uh, on Listen Up. Again, I want to hear from you if you want to get on the show. And I hope that Ryan, uh, anyone else, uh, you know, different stages of your life. You, I love it. I love questions like that. I love the types of questions that I get from different listeners that really have nothing to do with sports. And I, it's interesting that Ryan brought that up because I was just thinking about this again in my car the other day. I was reflecting back. On, you know, well, very often I'll like go for a walk and I'll just put a random podcast that I've done a year ago or two years ago or, you know, when I, when I first started, because I kind of forget and I like to kind of listen and it kind of refreshes my memories on some of the guests that I've had. And I've loved to be able to talk to the Tom Brennamans of the world and Sean Salisbury and Doug Adler and, you know, people that have faced great adversity in their life and get their insight into where their life is now and what that period of time was like when they're going through their adversity. And if you listen to my podcast that I had initially with Sean Salisbury well over a year ago and his description of meeting Russell on the side of the road on Christmas morning on a Texas highway, it make, makes your hair stand up on your arms. It was riveting. And to hear Sean talk about being at rock bottom, picking up a homeless man on the side of a highway, ending up being great friends with this gentleman, completely changing his life around. But in the process, through the experience, Russell changed Sean's life around. So you think about that. Sean, Christmas morning, picks a homeless man up on the side of the highway in Texas. This individual ends up changing Sean's life as Sean completely changed his life. Fascinating. Fascinating. I mean, and Sean thought about just, Sean actually had passed Russell on the highway and he had passed him and he was thinking about Christmas morning and the guy on the side of the road and Sean Got off the next ramp, which was a couple miles down, circled back, didn't even know if the guy would still be there. Pulled up next to him, felt bad, handed him $100. And they chatted for a second, and then Sean took off, and then Sean goes, what the hell am I doing? Sean backed up and said, where are you going? So put throw your bag in the back of my pickup. And talked about that experience and what that was like. And those are the people that you listen to because they've been through it. Those are the people that you make sure you're not distracted because when people like Sean Salisbury are talking to you, when people like Doug Adler are talking to you, when people like Larry Kruger who got fired at KMBR for comments that he made about Felipe Alou, and Caribbean hitters talk to you, and they've been at the very bottom, those are the people that you listen to carefully because you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot. I learned a lot from listening to them. Let's get to Jay. Hello, Jay. How are you today? Great. Hey, great, great stuff today. I, I love love, love hearing all these recap and, um, you know, great, you know, Ryan had, had uh, awesome comments and, you know, just 
re, uh, re going over some of the things with Sean and, and some of the other folks. There's there's a lot of great life lessons in there. And but the one thing that I always want to you know I want to point out, and then I'm going to come back and address that is one of the differences between um, Larry and Tom and Sean and some of the other folks that that had uh, kind of self-induced issues is you and Doug did not have self-induced issues. <laughs> you, Very true. You know, I mean, I mean, those, those, those guys had, you know, everybody who's going to be successful in life is going to have some rocky roads and some hard times that may or may not be their fault. And, um, you know, nobody's perfect, but the one, the, but the one difference is you and Doug didn't do anything wrong. You, no, you guys, you, you guys got hammered over, you know, nothing. Um, but uh, uh, and I think that's important always to keep that pointed out because because folks kind of like the lump lump up, you know, Tom made a legitimate mistake and, you know, he's owned it and he should he should get some he should get some uh, second chances. And, you know, Sean certainly has bounced back and, um, you know, he's a great he's just a great example, you know, and, and probably like the best advice I can give someone like Ryan is. If you're going to have success in life, it's not always going to be a, a straight uphill. There's going to be some valleys, and those valleys are what makes the next growth phase possible. And um, uh, so, you know, in, endure them and make make good choices, get through it, and uh, keep moving forward. And, and your your story is a is the great your story and Sean's stories are great examples of how you guys keep persevering and um so so kudos for all of that you know sean made one comment to me that resonated with me because i've done the same thing i've always tried to be giving and that's why i started my foundation back in the early 2000s and pretty much i think how i was raised but sean said what got him through his darkest moments when he was at rock bottom was doing good deeds for other people that doing good deeds for other people warmed his heart and made him get through that. And I just thought that was so interesting because I find that to be so true that in your moments of despair, you know, if you can make someone else's life better in however way you can do it, it actually lifts you up and makes you feel better. And I remember Sean saying that and thinking to myself, how true is that? I thought it was spot on. A hundred percent. You know, um, some of the listeners may not remember the the great Gail Sayers, but you know, um, you've and you've I'm sure you've heard this, but Gail used to wear a medallion around his neck that said, "I'm third. And mm -hmm. um, near near the end of his career, uh, he was being interviewed, and and the person asked that was that was interviewing him said, "Gail, what what does I'm third mean?" And he says, "Well, it's it's really simple. You know, God is first everybody else is second and I'm third. And I remember hearing that as I was probably a teenager, you know, ish age, age time frame, And it, that just stuck with me. And uh, I've always tried to, to live that way, you know, whether it was going, whether it was in, it wasn't always successful with it, that with, with it, but tried to make that, make that be the points. And as I got into my career, um, I really felt like th those were some of the best words of wisdom, and I always tried to put everybody else first. And by doing that, it it, it raises it raises all the boats, and everybody ends everybody ends up in a better position. And uh, there's a you got a whole lot less controversy in your life and and hiccups, and even going through challenges, uh, staying true to that is I find to be very very helpful. Amen. You hit that out of the ballpark. You're 100% spot on. 100% spot on. Yep. Gail, Gail, Gail was great. Hey, great show, man. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Take All care. Right. Good, good job right there by Jay. It's an excellent phone call and uh, spot on. Spot on. You know, I, I would say when Ryan asked me about, and I was talking about the people that I've been blessed to be on the air with. I didn't talk to you about their broadcasting acumen. I talked to you about what kind of people they were, right? That That's what, like, I, that's always what stands out to me. I, 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 if you ask me about Jerry Reynolds, the first thing I'm gonna say, one of the best people I've ever met in my life, family member. 
I'm not talking to you about how he was as a broadcaster or as a coach or a general manager or no, I'm talking to you about what type of a person he is. You ask me about Gary Gerald, I'm not going, oh boy, he's a great announcer. I'm saying, well, what a great person. Everyone loves Gary. What a just just the, the best guy in the world. I mean, it's the same thing with Jim Plunkett because Jim wasn't very good on the air. So I wouldn't talk about Jim's broadcasting uh, work. Uh, I talked to Jim as a first class, A plus across the board person. A plus, A plus. Same with Jack Youngblood. Jack wasn't an A plus broadcaster. Jack was an A plus 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 person. That's what sticks out to me. You know, when I think about the people that I've been blessed with to be in the same room broadcasting. And there are times when I'm in the, you know, we're having, I don't know, you're hanging out having dinner before a game. I remember, I think I've shared this story with you. I remember being in a meeting. I don't have any idea why the hell I was in this meeting. I'm in Al Davis's conference room in Alameda at the Raiders training facility, all right? I'm in there with Al Davis, okay? Jim Plunkett, Tom Flores, uh, uh, the guy I was doing the games with back then, Artie Gigantino, he and me and Plunk did the games. And there was one other person in there, and I'm trying to think who that was at the moment, but it's not. So anyway, I'm in there. And Al is talking to everyone at the table about Charles Woodson and whether they feel he could make the adjustment from cornerback to safety. And Al starts by asking Tom Flores, Hall of Famer now, thank goodness. Then he goes and asks Jim Plunkett, ask Artie. There was one other person in there. I'm trying to think who that was. I'll come up with it in a minute. And it's funny, I didn't even mention this to Larry. Larry Kruger, that had just lost his job at KMBR. And he said, Grant, what do you think? How do you feel about what happened to Larry Kruger? And I was like, wow. And I said, well, Mr. Davis, I said, you know, I have three things that I've always tried to follow when I'm on the air. And that is, I don't really get into politics. I don't get into someone's religion and sexuality, and I don't get into race. And I said, I've always tried to follow those guidelines when I'm on the air. And he said, that's a great answer. You know, he, he liked how I answered that question. But Al was always asking everyone for their opinion. And again, I don't even know how I ended up in that room that day. I, I really don't. You know, and I, and I remember sitting there that day, and I remember this. I remember it vividly. I remember sitting there going, wow, I cannot believe I am in Al Davis's conference room with Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett and like, and I, I remember, I remember literally saying to myself, what the hell am I doing in this room? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Like, why am I in this room with the legendary Al Davis, the legendary Tom Flores, and a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback 
Jim Plunkett. Oh, you know what? George Atkinson was in there too. That's who else was in there. George Atkinson. That's right. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, there's one person that is really out of place in this meeting. And that person is me. Never forget that. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget meeting Al Davis for the first time. The first year I did the games. And Bruce Allen, the general manager, said, Al wants to meet you. Um, it's, I don't really get nervous when I meet people because I'm like, well, we're all people. Well, I got nervous meeting Al that day. And we walked around the practice field because they had two practice fields in Napa. And Al standing out there in his white Raider sweatsuit. And Bruce Allen goes, Mr. Davis. And Al didn't even turn his head. I'm like, oh, my God. He's watching the – didn't take his eye off anything that was going on in the field. Because, uh, Mr. Davis, this is Grant Napier, uh, the gentleman that will be uh, doing our games this year. And Al looks at me, shakes my hand, and then turns his head to the field. But he did look at me when he shook my hand. Where are you from? I go, I'm from New York. Oh, good, I'm from New York. I said, yes, sir, I know. And he started asking me about where I grew up. We talked for like five minutes. And Mr. Davis says to me, he goes, you know what the most important thing is, Grant? I said, what's that, sir? He said, remember to salute the flag at the end of games. Just always remember to salute the flag. Do you understand what that means? Yes, sir. Mr. Davis says, Grant, remember, salute the flag. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll see you on Saturday, Grant. Yes, sir, Mr. Davis. Bruce Allen starts walking back. We're walking down the sideline. He goes, do you know what Al meant by saluting a flag? I go, nope. He goes, that means that at the end of the game, Raider fans, the last thing they're going to see is you. And you need to leave them with a positive impression of what they just saw. I said, okay, I get it. First game ever. I'm in Dallas. Old Texas Stadium. I'm doing a game with Jim Plunkett. The final score of that game, I believe, was 52 to 17 Dallas. 52 to 17. My first ever game doing the Raiders at the old Texas Stadium with the Cowboys. And the game ends, and I go, and we'll be back, and we'll wrap it up. That's coming up next right here on the Raiders Television Network. And I look at Plunk. I go, hey, Plunk, I'm going to let you salute the flag on this one. I'm like, yeah, you can say something positive. I'm like, my first game ever is the Raiders. I just announced a 52-17 ass kicking, and I'm going to salute the flag. Uh-uh. Plunk, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. I'm going to let you salute the flag. Oh, my God. The things you remember when you're doing broadcasting and games. It's just amazing. I mean, just amazing. Uh, just, we've had, I mean, I had some, I have so many stories like that where you're just like, oh, my God. How on earth am I doing this? I'm in a I'm in a meeting with Al Davis and those legends. I got to salute the flag that my first game it's 52-17. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you just do what you got to do to survive. You know, you really do. Oh my gosh. All right, hey, if you want to get on uh before we wrap up the show, just hit your hand icon. Uh you can raise your hand uh and we will do it. I love this show today. This has been great. I love sharing stories. I love talking about uh, these things. And great question by Ryan and some of the others. And we we still we still cannot get a complete call with Richard, who he must have a a, a cell phone. He must he, Richard must have a flip phone. The very first time a cell phone came out, that must be when Richard's on. Richard, I know you're listening because I can still see you. <laughs> you cracked me up. I mean, every single I think the only time, Richard, that you and I had a, a complete call was when you were calling me from halfway around the world in Phuket. I think that is the last time. Oh, my gosh. I really believe that. I think that is the absolute last time that I had a complete call with you was from halfway around the world in Phuket, Thailand, as it should be. We should never get interrupted when you're on the phone with somebody calling from the land of smiles. So that is all good. All right, speaking of the land of smiles, I'm smiling uh, because I have your support. Thank you very much. 
Make it a fabulous rest of the day. And I'll be on tomorrow, I think three, if not three, four, but you'll be able to know. I'll let you know on my Twitter account at Grant Napier Show and right here on Listen App. So make it a good one. Thank you so much, everyone. Grant Napier saying so long, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus